Welcome to the Path 5 Podcast. The Path 5 team is a dedicated group of professionals hailing from diverse backgrounds, all anchored in making the world a safer place. Thanks for joining us while we dive into today's topic. What is up, everyone? It's your boy, Bronio, back at it again with the new year. And we appreciate all of you joining us here in the new year, new season for us. Talking about season four here. We've been doing this for four years now. Coming up, coming up on four. I mean, we started late in uh, in the first season, but that's all right. Let's not get into the particulars of that. We got uh, we got a lot to talk about tonight. The Chinese say it's the year of the rabbit, but so far it's looking like the year of the tyrant. All right, we're getting a big welcoming felonious hug from our lovely friends at the AFT. All right. It's not it's, it's not looking great guys. It's really not. No. No. It's 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 not. It's It's not just us that it's not looking great for, all right? There's between 30 and 60 million braced weapons in the US, pistol braced weapons. Uh and and that number I think is extremely low. They're they're tracking what they can track and what they can't track is a whole bunch of knockoff SB braces that have been coming from China which are they're still like 20 bucks and they're just as good as the normal SB. Just buy like 50 of them. They're great. Well, I don't buy them because um, you can't really use them now. Yeah, you can buy them in Minecraft though. And uh, you can combine that with some other stuff and then you can defend your base from creepers. Yes. So. Yes. Which we have a lot of information on. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you can I'd throw in your gel blaster. So you'd be good except for New York City. No gel blasters in yeah, New York. That's right. That, yep. But in yeah, Minecraft, Nerf York, guns are Nerf guns, it's still yep. cool. No Nerf so guns. I say we just do this whole episode <laughs> hypothetically talking about Minecraft, New York, LA, California. You know, just so this is this is a Minecraft. Yeah. That might be for the best episode yeah. for all you gamers out there. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah it, exactly. It's uh, it's highly advanced role play, so uh, just try to try to keep up. So in this Minecraft world, a few days ago, the wonderful regulatory and enforcement agency that is the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives dropped some new info in the use of these braces. Um, They're basically saying that 99% of the time it's a felony. Uh, And what's great is uh, for us firearm owners in the U.S., they made a very, very simple and clearly defined system um, to find out if you're in compliance or a felon. Well, yeah, not to mention, I mean, they're they're doing us a favor, right? I mean, oh yeah, taking these dangerous yeah. weapons off the street. Yeah. I mean, thank it's the Lord. dollar tax stamp. I mean, it's 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 You're free guys. Here's a two hundred dollar know, discount. Perfect. We'll get into the trap. You're welcome. <laughs> well, it, it's a short read. Of course, it's, it's it's not a novel of a of a rule change. Of course, you know, it's only yeah a couple of pages three, long. Three, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but the good news is they did throw away that little sheet that uh, that they had dangled in front of us, you know, over the summer to get everybody riled up. So they threw yeah, that yeah. away at least, right? I mean, they're, yeah. they're doing us a favor now, right? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, so, I said that on Instagram, and some 1911 owner went fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, bro, I'm kidding. <laughs> Same team. Relax. Holy shit. <laughs> But uh, it, it yeah. is my understanding that they're still using the point system, the ridiculous 
check sheet um, that actually some of my carry pistols could be considered SBRs with this checklist. Um, is I'm not that listed about... in there, though, Bruniel? Because from what I understand is that that check sheet is actually out the window now. And oh. it's, it's more... It, now you have to use the, the rule in order to try to figure out yeah. if you fall within that span of things. No, no. Even so don't so we that. don't yeah, even so get the checklist anymore. You don't even get the checklist anymore. Yeah, now, now it's on that individual ATF agent that's, uh, that's inferring this short 300-page rule uh, in your favor. Well, or not. What, I, what my experience with the ATF is they are always very well-versed on NFA things. And by that, I mean not at all. Um, but with, with that bit of information, I guess we'll just uh, we'll move forward. You know, we, we, we're given a few choices. You can either register them, as Midas talked about earlier, as SBRs under the NFA, which a lot of people are saying, yay, I can finally <laughs> put a stock on this thing that's always deserved a stock. Yes! which is just short, <laughs> short-sighted to say the least. Um, you can yeah. destroy it. You can destroy your firearm. Um, you can submit the firearm to approve to the ATF for approval, or you can remove and destroy the brace and then convert the weapon into something that is compliant. So I don't know anyone that would be like, you know what, man, this AR pistol, I'm just going to cut it up and buy a rifle. So if you want to stay in compliance, I think the easiest thing to do is slap a 16 plus upper or a 13.7 pin and weld or 14.5 pin and weld, whatever you're thinking, slap that on there and go because pistols can become rifles, but rifles can yeah. become pistols as the air force you got a little nerd. In the group, um, <clears throat> I would like to put out the uh, disclaimer. This is not legal advice and we are in no way, shape or form lawyers. And you should probably just go ahead and talk to your local council and or your local representative or senator and lodge a complaint with them because this is ridiculous. Um, but in no way, shape, Which or form is, is this considered legal point. advice. Disclaimer, asterisk, asterisk. No, we are not lawyers. Uh, we are just fellow American citizens, law-abiding, and Second Amendment which is also part of the law. People forget that. Yeah. They do. They like to forget that that is the way it is. And and they keep trying to push these things. Um, I think the bump stock ban is something that we can all look upon and say, oh, wow, that was unconstitutional. Not only was it unconstitutional, it wasn't legal, uh, just based off their own definition of a machine gun. And luckily, I believe it was the Fifth Circuit found that a bump stock did not meet the federal regulation or the federal uh, definition of a machine gun. So that got overturned. And look, folks, we we can hope that the same happens again with this whole brace thing. Um, unfortunately, it's my fear, and I know the fear of many, that um, we can't really wait for the courts to act on this. Um, and I'm not suggesting that you do anything at all, um, but I am saying that a lot of people can get in a lot of trouble before the courts have time to act, especially in this case, Irish. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of information that's that's out there, so definitely recommend uh, looking in as many places as possible for for advice or opinions. I was talking with with the, the team earlier this week, specifically with Midas. Uh, and 
I was, my thoughts are what you're going to see, right? We have a lot of, of great two-way advocates that are out there that have been flaunting these devices for a very long time. I've been showing them off. Uh, we know Everyone knows that they're owned. This includes the Department of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. We're going to end up seeing those folks that are going to have to, they're going to submit those forms because they are public figures that one, if you they don't submit the forms, the ATF will go after them in order to get in the news to be like, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to come after you. Yep. And number two, it's their livelihood. So they're going to have to. So I, I wouldn't, I, I, I guess what I would say is that when you see, you know, these public figures of ours that, that are going out there and getting them, if you disagree with the manner of which they're getting these braced firearms SPR'd, just know that because being public figures and that's their livelihood, they're doing it to protect themselves and their livelihood, right? So if you decide to do whatever you want, just know that that's why, and, and I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't take it out on them. Yeah, I want to put that sure. disclaimer out there because there's there's a lot of folks out there that that are just going to try to do it because of, of where they are and and or, right. and or they can't afford to not follow the rule. Absolutely, we all have our own personal risk tolerance. We all have the, you know, the level of uncertainty that we're willing to add to our lives, and and for many of us, lives are uncertain right now. So why add more to that? But Midas, did you have something to uh, jump in on there? Yeah, I kind of liken this to um, <clears throat> mask wearing in public. Um, I try not to let myself, you know, kind of think, oh, what a pussy or whatever, or what a sheep whenever I see people wear masks in public, because at the end of the day, I don't know, maybe their wife has an autoimmune disorder. You know what I mean? Like, moral of the story is we never know what, what's going on in other people's lives. And the further that we polarize yeah, ourselves, man, that's a great point, you know, from each other, it's, it's not necessarily going to help. Um, but it can be a bit of a clarifying thing. I think that you really get a gauge for people's awareness of the, the risk and what's actually at stake here, judging by some of their comments. And this might offend some of our listeners, but just to folks out there that are viewing this as like a free way to register an SBR, like take advantage. If you, want that's what to, you want to do. Take advantage. Sure. But, but let's, I'd like to get into, um, some of the finer points of compliance and what that actually means. So let's look at firearms registration and why that might be a problem. So repeatedly members of the ATF and other federal agencies have attempted to create uh, digital registries of firearms, despite that being expressly, banned <laughs> basically it, it's it's not it's not an accepted means of of tracking firearms because it's vulnerable but with that being said folks have made multiple attempts um it's kind of funny one of the main proponents of those attempts was found to be compromised by a chinese honeypot so start putting those things together and especially for you vets out there, think about your time in Iraq and Afghanistan. If you could have just gone door to door and confiscated everyone's SVD or 
anything above a certain caliber to try to crush an insurgency. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's doing half the work for you, whether those people are there anymore or not, it still creates really great opportunities right. to build human SIGINT yeah. and exploit that and triangulate pattern of life, whatever. And, and our enemies are not beyond doing that. I think that any, any nation that is ambitious enough to want to take us on in our homeland knows how dangerous it is for them in any way that they can set the conditions for that long-term. I think that it's, it's very much so in their best interest to do it. And therefore they will a hundred percent lobby behind that. What you got Irish? Yeah. Coming from a living in a state that has a, a state requirement to register specific firearms. And, and when you purchase a, a firearm, when you're in the state, it goes on a registry within the state. Just know that if you live in a state where if you purchased a firearm and that firearm happened to have a brace on it, try to look back to see how that was registered. Right. Because depending on, I think it was a Bronil, you, you, you can correct me 100%. When you purchase a, a firearm, it, it goes on a, was it a 44? 73. 73, right? Yep. But in there, it doesn't say stabilized pistol with brace. Am I correct? It should not. It should not. So just realize, you know, what's already been captured for data. Now you, they can look, that can be looked up and you could have adjusted it whatnot, and you're not required to show that information. But just know that that, that is a, a document that is probably floating around somewhere. And we've already had issues with ATF agents going in and taking cell phone pictures of, not yet. of local FFLs and, and what they've sold. Not. No, I'm and saying, they, I'm saying no, you're not they yet have. required no, to yes. have that documentation. Once. I'm not saying that you're not already doing it. I'm just saying not yet. Right. They are not true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Correct. So yeah. one thing I would like to point out with that line of thinking um, on the first page of a 4473, the new one, uh, the bad before you get into that, there's um, a bunch of can you explain to manufacturer, our listeners, yeah. those who may not know what a 4473 is. Absolutely. That's actually a really good point, And I appreciate that Da Vinci. So when you go to buy a firearm from a dealer, a gun store, um, or a Which, if you're buying a firearm, is probably a good idea because you are a, a law-abiding citizen who is abiding yeah. by your Second Amendment rights. Uh, we don't want to get into that criminal category, yeah. right? That's and those, those are the people that give us yep, the bad absolutely. name, us law-abiding citizens. Continue. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. I, and that's a really good point. Look, this is the way that, that it's done. Uh, you know, new firearms, used firearms, if you're buying it from an FFL, you're going to be filling out what's called a 4473. On that, you know, your name, your address, your potentially your social security number, if you do want to use it. I, I always recommend putting it on there. It just helps um, them do the background check so you don't get waitlisted or denied. Um and then it asks you, it asks you a whole bunch of questions. Are you a fugitive from justice? You know, are you an unlawful user of or addicted to marijuana? You know, it asks you really important stuff. Um, but this is what starts what's called the Nick's background check. And the Nick's background check is 
kind of run by the FBI. The ATF and the FBI had a spat about the NICS system recently. Um, but that's yep. that's a whole other topic. Um, but what's interesting is they updated the 4473, so now your name, address, and the serial number of the weapon are all on the first page, whereas it used to be your name and the questions were all on the first page and a bit of the second page. And then on the third page is where the manufacturer's information, the serial number, the type, the caliber, all of that went on that second or the third page. Interesting that it's now all on the first page. That makes it a lot easier for OCR for scanning and you know scraping. Yep, for scraping data. But we're not going to tinfoil hat this one. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, um, section one is manufacturer or importer or privately made firearm because they had to update that after the stupid uh, finalization on definition of firearm that they just did. Um, number two. And this is this is the biggest worry for me, is model. Mm-hmm. So if there is a specific model from a manufacturer that denotes that it's a braced weapon as opposed to just a pistol variant, like let's say I bought a POF MP5 clone or mm-hmm. a Zenith, whatever, they sell braced and non-braced versions. Mm-hmm. I don't own one, so I can't tell you if the model is different between braced and unbraced but they might have different skews they might have different you know model names for braced weapons so that's definitely something to look into you want to not only be aware of your digital footprint and you know posting pictures of your south mouth on instagram but you want to be cognizant of your actual footprint as well irish you got something to say yeah i say not only the skew but just recall that when the firearm is is made by the manufacturer it is listed a specific way. So it's already listed whether or not it's a, a, a braced version of it. Right. Yeah. If, if it's, if this serial number of your MP5 clone is your form, you know, form one or form four that you need to do in order to get your short barrel rifle. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's a nice MP5 clone, right. You're, you're definitely not going to have a 16 inch barrel on that thing. No, they already know that. Yeah. Just like they already know from the serial number of that weapon, what it was manufactured to. That's the key. Yes. What it was manufactured to. doesn't mean what it currently is. It's just as as of the manufacture and transfer date, that's what it is listed as. Right. Yeah, exactly. And Midas, I want to hand it back to you because I, I kind of want to go on a little bit of a ramble about compliance. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, so Can, can the... I jump in real quick? Can, can we, before we, we jump into our craziness about this rule. Can we just real quick yes, do the history and discussion of, of what the ATF said to the public first so we understand where we're, we're coming from? Because back in, not even too long ago, 2014 is when the ATF, this famous letter, the ATF letter to the Green, Greenwood Village uh, Police Department in Colorado asking for clarification on this specific issue. That's a great right. point, man. Dude, and, I'm from Colorado. Bernie, I know you've, you've read this letter. It's it's literally a page long. It's a me. It's Not a only is it a page long, I'm from Colorado. Perfect. It, it, it is, is the perfect thing to digest. So essentially, this police department, the Sergeant Bradley on there, wrote to the ATF asking, is this reclassified as a short barrel rifle if you shoulder an AR-15 type pistol with a brace on it? Right. And they said, 
shouldering would not cause the pistol to be reclassified as an SBR because the FTB classifies weapons based on their physical design characteristics. That's the firearms technology branch, right? Mm, Functionality, its intended purpose is not to be shouldered. And it is so if you are using it outside of how it's classified and designed for, that does not constitute it becoming an SBR. They do not classify weapons based on individual uses of weapons. Sorry, you just needed some sound effects with that because that was that was a fantastic yeah, that was, that was good. summary of what that is. Quote, yeah. quoting, this, yeah. quoting this right here. Using such an accessory improperly would not change the classification of the weapon per federal law. However, the firearms technology branch cannot recommend using a weapon or accessory in a manner that is not intended by its manufacturer. But again, and that's the thing is it came down to intent for the manufacturer, not for the user, not for the individual, not for the owner. The, The manufacturer intended that to be used as a stabilizing brace. And, and what says, you do with it is up to you. Using the brace improperly does not constitute a design change. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So have we had a design change? The designs have stayed the same. For the most part. Uh, I mean, so, yeah. while we're talking yeah. about designs, yeah. I'm an Air Force guy, right? It's a Mia Da Vinci. I like, I like the, uh, I like the pictures and, you know, but from a layman's point of view is what I'm trying to present here. I look at a braced pistol, right? We call it a, a pistol with a brace. To me, that looks like a rifle. And to a lot of us who have operated in the field, that would be considered a uh CQBR or, you know, something similar, right? It's a close quarters battle rifle or a a short barrel rifle, something like that. Because just because we, and this goes back to podcasts that we have done before, we have allowed our government to dictate terms, verbiage that we use in everyday life on how we describe different items, whether it's inflation, whether it's, um, you know, COVID, whether it's vaccine, whether it's recession, whether it's SBR, we, we have accepted that. And we have to go forward as a society accepting that we're, we're, we're there, you know, and I've, I've done a little bit of research. I've tried to educate myself as best I can, but we, are at the point where the government can now tell us what is what, you know, this is an SBR, this is a pistol, this is a rifle. But it's like, you know, you never know what you, what you're going to get. <laughs> it's like, Oh, for us. Exactly. Well, that's and the, I, that's the whole slippery I didn't mean slope. To, you know, uh, roll right into what you were about to talk about, but uh, it happened that way. <laughs> well, well, that's 
Yeah, no, it was a perfect segue because, you know, we're, we're talking about compliance, right? And what does that look like? And then we'll talk about non-compliance and what that looks like. And for me and the team, compliance means on one hand, uh, you stay out of prison for now. On the other hand, that's a good thing to stay out of prison. It is a good thing to stay out of prison. Uh, But on the other hand, you are allowing people that don't have any actual understanding of these firearms that don't have any appreciation for them, that don't respect your right or our right to own them. Um, People that are hell bent on interpreting the constitution to sway a certain way that they want it to, uh, despite there being a clear logical reason why the second amendment is second. Yeah, but in line. I would, I would disagree. They important. don't have any understanding of that. I think I was about yeah, to say, think, you're I, not giving them enough malicious. Oh, go, ahead, Midas. go ahead. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. I let me, let me clarify. Kind of like COVID. There was a very select few people that knew what the fuck was going on and promoted that agenda and pushed it a certain way. I'll say five five percent of those involved probably understood that there might be some malicious intent behind the response and how it was impacting different people. Uh, and then the rest of the people just fell in and just believed it and took it hook, line, and sinker. And the average CNN watcher sees all of these news articles about these scary guns. Uh, here's one about the mass shooting that happened in Car- or sorry, California uh, a couple days ago that I'd like to talk about. Looks like in the uh, oh, north part of cringeworthy Los Angeles. Oh yeah, yeah. But but just read this real quick. Can read you give us me. a listen a source before you get super creepy (laughs) the first Uh, thing i read it was ap yeah yeah associated press was the first place i saw it cnn picked it up though yep so it said the massacre one of at least 36 mass shootings in the u.s so far this month 36 mass shootings so so let's let's just look at that rhetoric and think about how that shapes your average person who is ignorant it scares them, right? That is very scary talk. That's so far this month. Oh my God, we're we're halfway that's, through. That's thirty five gang yeah. violence in Chicago. Yeah, and the exactly. one down there in L.A. And yeah. it's yeah. and it's you know the, again this goes back to the changing of definitions and the way that we come up with these terms and they're so pervasive. They're so it's it's incredible to me that you, you can say, oh, all right, so X amount of mass shootings, and then you can turn to someone who is shocked by this information and go, what constitutes a mass shooting? Yep, what, exactly. Tell me. I would like to know. And none mm-hmm. of them will give you an answer. And honestly, I don't think really anyone has an answer. I think that the general understanding is three or more injured, which I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay it. That's a horrible event. Gun violence is an awful thing. It takes far too many lives. Um, Every single year, not only in this country, but in countries, you know, across the world. But 
we have to understand how these terms and how language is being used against us. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's my overarching point here is that, yeah, there are some that are driving this policy that exactly understand what they're doing, but their followers, they, they don't, they don't own ARs. They don't understand the difference between a five, five, six and uh, an average hunting round, we'll say a 30-30, right? They don't know. They're just fucking yeah. casualty-producing weapons, according to CNN, well, right? 5.56 five, is the worst goddamn round in the world. Yeah, so, check the Graham. Close. So check the Graham group Midas. out. If you want to see some, some cringeworthy you know stuff that, coming out of ice. You know that deer don't wear <laughs> Kevlar vests. Don't you know go. that? <laughs> yeah, because the Second Amendment's for hunting. Yeah, I guess exactly. That's my point, though. It's that same group of people and past president. It's not just our current president, right? Like presidents, public officials everywhere have used this line. You know, you know, deer don't wear Kevlar vests or something in that vein, right? The Second Amendment is not talking about hunting. the Second Amendment is there well, well, because of government. Yes? Yes, but let's also <laughs> say that deer are far more resilient than human beings. Oh, yeah, they take it like a yeah, champ. So they can cauterize that champ. wound by looking at, like, oh, yeah, they, 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 they can like, take a through right, through the whatever. shoulder. If it doesn't hit a vital, oh, yeah. they'll, they'll close yeah. that wound exactly. up and they'll, you'll yeah, shoot you, them the next year. Exactly. But while, yeah, you're, but while you're doing that, the, the rest of the team, and you should probably check your, your gram, but, uh, but Vice posted in 76 United on their Instagram, they posted it today. It's a picture of a, uh, a high caliber bullet that poked through one of the gates outside of someone's house in Sinaloa. But <laughs> they, uh, they put the entire round with the casing unfired in the hole and they they're posting this as like Dude, that was the round that was fired guys we've been doing it wrong we need to get that gun what kind of gun is that i i want a the clickbait cannon the entire <laughs> round yeah yeah i yeah, yeah i how do you for the get whole that? round i want to fire the whole god dang round yeah why, that, why can't we make that their projectile <laughs> it's kind of like trump said you know can't we just put it straight into their bodies you know to stop the Oh no! Oh no! Damn we it. lost you. Oh, you no, muted lost yourself mid Trump. <laughs> <laughs> All my hands so eccentric with hands. Trump. Anyway, it's it's done now. It's done now. But like, oh man, yeah, we're just putting a hole round, like in a picture through a hole. It's not. It's not a round that's been fired, folks. This is. You can take this out of a box that you buy at Cabela's or in any local firearm store, and that's what's on the news. We did get way off base. Right. We got way off Thank base. You. Yeah. Thank you. Irish. So, no. Back <laughs> to you, know. Midas. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, what was the boys, terminology that was used gonna, in this article? We, we got I'm, 20 minutes down a rabbit hole on. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take away your guys' talking privileges for like five minutes, all right? Okay. Just, five, just five minutes. Okay. So compliance. If you comply, hey, you don't go to jail yet. Yet. Slippery slope dictates. Midas. Midas. We, we didn't actually what? say what the terminology in this article was. You know that. We, we missed that completely. No, 
Yeah. What are we, you talking about? I read got, a fucking line from we it. We got off the high capacity assault did. pistol. We, we got derailed before we hit <laughs> yeah, that part. We're not there yet because you guys keep fucking talking. Shush. <laughs> okay. So as I'm fucking trying to say, if you comply, you don't go to prison yet. So the pre-slip dictates you probably will end up on the naughty list anyhow. Oh, and by the way, they actually now have you on a literal list that they can just stamp as naughty. And now you're kind of fucked. And by the way, uh, if you do do this and you register your weapons according to their guidance, I highly recommend you take a class on constitutional law or at least really brush up on Fourth Amendment rights because when they come knocking on your door and they want to see said weapon, down the road. Well, you better know how far you can let them in your house and what they can see and the whole shebang. And that's, that's not saying that you're up to no good, right? There's just a certain degree of privacy that's protected by the constitution. And that is unlawful search and seizure. So I would just recommend that you, you get spun up on that, look into it. Um, The other unfortunate part of compliance is the amount of times that every single United States government database is hacked per day would blow you away. So picture this. Your name's on a fucking list. You're on the registry, gets hacked by China. They get it. Part of their 10, 20, 30 year plan, because that is literally how far they're plan. planning. Yeah. Actually, no, they released they're way farther out than we are. Back. So, yeah, they're, they're looking so far down the pipe. And they're playing the long game. And this is how they're doing it. I guarantee you. Like we sit here, we, we spend millions of dollars looking for collusion in an election. They don't even need to do that. This is their play. Guaranteed. Ronio, what you got? Uh, just to kind of give you a, a hell of a point on what you just said. I don't know if anyone's heard, but uh, just about a day ago, the no-fly list, the United States no-fly list, was leaked by a, a transgender Swiss hacker cat girl. Oh. Well, that's very nice. If maybe someone should get her uh, a little saucer of milk for her duties. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it it's kind of hilarious just how horribly stored it was. But it's not an infosec talk. It's a talk about firearms. And if it's all right with you, I talk. I, I want to talk really quickly about two issues with compliance. Yes, please do. So the implications of compliance are, you know, hopefully you don't go to jail, but. NFA items, the way that they work, right? You normally, typically, it's a Form 1 or a Form 4. A Form 1 is when you make it yourself. And that's what all of these once pistols, soon to be SBRs, will be, is a Form 1. Form 4 is when you get it from a dealer. So, like, let's say I want a Silencer Co. whatever, or, you know, whatever suppressor. I do a Form 4. I wait between uh, four to 12 months for that form four to go through, whether it's e-file or not, you know, if it's traditional paper or if it's e-file, it's kind right. of right around the same time right now. And then they say, ah, oh, yeah, you know, um, here you go. You can have the thing that you paid for a year ago. Yeah. 180 days plus. I was just uh, threw in the chat there. 
Well, and, and that's on the low side. Dude, you want to hear something else? Sure, go for it. Do you want to hear something else? So there is a literal, it's, a, it's, it's like a good faith period that if they don't respond past 88 days, 88 days this is where I'm it going. is therefore can, I'm so sorry. Go ahead. No, don't worry. Don't worry. No, this I'm is so good. Sorry. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I'm feeling it. I'm bobbing. 88 days. Guess what? On day 89, if they haven't reached out to you legally, that constitutes a denial. But, so, and, but under quick? the good faith and good-hearted nature of the same agency that burnt down a compound full of people in Texas, um, yeah, it'll be fine. Just don't worry about it. It's all well, good. They recently, they recently had a, a quick interview and unfortunately wasn't videotaped. And Irish, I want you to get in, but just give me one second. Um a representative of the ATF was asked what happens on day 89. And she basically said, we will take an enforcement. Yeah. Action. That, yeah. That, yeah. That, so that, that was the that, most that, recent. So, and the issue with that is they've already told us that we're felons, right? Because this 120 oh, yeah. day grace period is not, it's not like a, Oh, everything's still okay for 120 days. No, they've already come out and said that you are a felon. This is the way that you're not a felon. Right. So, if you put that in and 88 days later, not only are you going to be past the compliance state or this, this little grace period, but boom, you are now in effect. You've told the, the ATF, Hey, I have this SBR. And then they're magically going to say, Oh, well, you know, uh, sorry about that. Sorry about your dog. Uh, but please know that this 88 day period is only the background check or it's, it's a very small part. So most of the waiting time for NFA items is sitting on a desk waiting for someone to start the background check. Once the background check started, it usually takes a couple of minutes, usually 20 minutes, because the background check that you go through for NICS on a 4473 is the same one that you do for an NFA item. It's just the backlog is, is what's taking this. So it's not like a sure thing that if you, if you try and do the right thing, you're going to be swatted. That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is, that, that's a potential outcome. Irish, you got something to say about that? Yeah. So for those folks that uh, are YouTube champs and whatnot, there's a, a great channel that you can jump into to get some, not legal advice, but some information from legal counsel that specifies that particularly into gun law. And it's called Washington Gun Law. Uh, great folks over there. And they, uh, last two days, they've released about 25 minutes worth of, of shorts, two quick clips that talk about this conversation because he was inundated with this video clip from uh, Gun Owners of America when they were at SHOT Show the other day. And yep. part of that conversation goes along with how it's how it's written on the form. Or is it Form 1 or Form 4, right? Because when you're Form 1-ing, essentially what you're telling the ATF is I have, this is the components I have. It's not built, but these are the components that I want to create this you know, firearm for. And you wait until you get the approval back, then you put it all together and jigsaw puzzle and boom, you're good, right? But if you're doing it in a Form 4 and you're taking pictures and all this stuff of your already completed firearm that you now want to put in as an NFA item, mm -hmm. then we're talking about the background check that's associated with it. So this is 88 days when the background check is started. But again, it goes to the next background check of your three categories where you come back. So you either come back as approved, denied, or delayed. And a lot of these come out with, and, and this is the conversation he had today, is if you come back as delayed, that's where the 88-day rule comes into effect for the most part. 
So most folks are going to get it, get their their background check when it starts. It's going to be same day. A lot of people that get denied, well, you better destroy or whatever when it comes back as denied. Do your thing. Then if it comes back as delayed, I know plenty of folks, uh, friends of mine that are delayed, but usually it's like a one to six hour thing. It's If it goes any farther than that, that's the issue. And you don't necessarily get told whether or not you're delayed, right? Depending on when they decide to send out notices and all this other stuff. So it's it's some stuff to, to take a look at. I'm not as smart as uh, these folks over here. Uh, William Kirk, he's the president of Washington Gun Law. He's the one who runs these this YouTube channel. I would go over there and, and take a gander. He's got some some great advice. Again, not legal counsel and not telling you what to do, but it's advice from a Second Amendment lawyer that that looks at this pretty hard. So just want to plug that. I'm about to get called away by my my youngest. So. Unfortunately, that's the last bit I have for tonight. Well, I appreciate you joining us, Irish. It was good to yeah. have you here, as always. Definitely. See you, bro. See ya. But two things I want to talk about. Um, <clears throat> well, actually, mainly one thing that relates directly to the wait period. Uh, there's a different wait period for NFA items, and there's a different wait period for firearms. So let's say you go into Cabela's and you want to buy a hunting rifle, and you get delayed because your name is Sam Smith, and unfortunately there's two or 300,000 other Sam Smiths and at least four of them are felons, right? So that when you buy a firearm after, I want to say it's three days or seven days, the gun store has the option to release that firearm to you without the next background check. Um, With NFA items, that's where the 88 day rule like comes into play kind of, um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely something to worry about. It's definitely something to keep in mind. Uh, we're not saying that it's going to happen, but also if we're thinking between 40 and 80 million braces are out there and all these people try and register them within a 120 day period, I can, I can see the wait times going up not only for NFA items, but also for the background checks. So the, the system has not been taxed like this before. Um, I don't mean taxation in the way of theft. I just mean load on the system. But one also, uh, so the two implications of compliance that I originally wanted to talk about were both uh, state-specific and then also national. So the state-specific one is there are certain states that have regulations against ownership of NFA items. One of them is California. So there are Californians that have, you know, legal AR pistols that once they register them as NFA items, they are now illegal under state law. So, you know, those guys, and I feel for them, those guys are the ones that are playing the real flip-flop game here is, do I break a federal law or do I break a state law? And I'm I'm not, I'm just glad that I'm not in that position because there are i'm guessing tens of thousands of people that are currently weighing do they want to fight the california doj or do they want to fight the the atf and it's like cheesy pete's Um, well yeah and but once again we've talked about this many times before and the illinois assault rifle ban was a really good example of this recently with counties emerging as basically sanctuary areas because deputies are going to their sheriff and they're like, Hey dude, we, we're not going to 
we're not about this life, right? This isn't what we signed up for going after law abiding citizens and trying to strip the rights away and getting into firefights with people that were a hundred percent avoidable. And I think in that sense, yeah, people that are hundred percent on their side, like rule of law, right? The second and, and people forget that, right? Yeah. The second amendment is literally part of the mm-hmm. constitution. It's not like a rule yeah, that the ATF yeah. came up with. I, it's not a law that was passed by Congress. Right. Part of the Constitution. But so here's here's the problem, though. Here's what the yeah, ATF's doing. Sure. They're getting smarter because they're not they're not technically they're not banning any of these weapons outright. Right? They're giving everyone a zero dollar opportunity to come clean. And that, for them, falls under the auspice of maintaining a well-regulated militia. Yeah, that's a good point. So, in that, in that sense, it's, it's like tongue-in-cheek. Like, they know what they're doing in that sense, right? It, it's pretty obvious that they're circumventing the verbiage yeah, in the Constitution. Regulating saying, oh, no, this well. is perfectly constitutional. It's fine. In their mind. In their mind. Right. In their mind. Yep. And unfortunately, judges rule based on their political alignment. Yeah, activism from the bench is a real thing that's being talked about, especially in law school right now. uh, Yeah. You know, spirit of the law and letter of the law should always be considered when making, you know, uh, making decisions that can change the outcome of someone's life right but now we're seeing a lot of activism from the bench where judges are acting as you know political tools which is kind of why we've always had this separation you know we always have these balanced powers that's kind of what we pride ourselves on as americans um so that's that's a whole other topic but if I can dabble back into a, a little bit, this this one's going to be a bit of a mix between the implications of compliance and non-compliance. So, folks, there's a lot of people who have, let's say that that MP5 um, that was made in Turkey, or you know, a CZ Scorp that has a brace on it, or a Draco, you know, like a AR pistol style thing that has a brace. IWI Galils, uh, ZPAPs are another very common, like a ZPAP 92 folder. That's a hell of a gun. Um, there's a lot of foreign-made braced weapons that were only able to be imported into the United States because they are pistols. Uh, for those of you that don't know, 18 USC 922 is what kind of regulates a whole bunch of things with the firearms in the United States. 922R is kind of what I'm talking about here, and that is the compliance of imported rifles into the United States. And it gets a little ridiculous. You know, we, we talk about for sporting reasons, for uh, uh, there's a whole bunch of different issues that come in with 922. But one of the things that comes in with 922 rifles is that a certain number of those parts on that rifle cannot be foreign made. 
So let's say you buy an AK. A certain number of the parts on that AK have to be made into the in, inside the U.S. in order for it to be compliant. And that's my understanding of it. Again, I'm not a lawyer. This is not legal advice. But effectively what's happening is a lot of these companies were able to skirt 9.2R regulations for importation because they were importing pistols, braced pistols. So if you try and register a braced pistol, the ATF has put it in this beautiful 300-plus page document that not only will it be denied, but since it's now considered a rifle, that is a 922R violation. Ooh. All right. Break down 922R for us. 920. I don't have it pulled up, but 922R is one hell of a Come into the haunted house. Um, <laughs> so 922R. Um, no person shall assemble a semi-automatic rifle or shotgun using more than 10 of the imported parts listed in paragraph C of the subsection or of this section. If the assembled firearm is prohibited from importation under 925 D3 is not being particularly suitable or readily adaptable to sporting purposes. So it, it goes on to say that, uh, for purposes of the section, the imported parts are as follows, uh, frames, receivers, receiver castings or forgings or stampings. Uh, and then it, it will it it just goes down the list barrels uh, barrel extensions mounting blocks also known as trunnions uh, muzzle attachments bolts butt stocks pistol grips forearms handguards magazine bodies blah 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 right yeah no person shall shall assemble a semi-automatic rifle using more than ten of the imported parts of that list it's a very you know. So, okay, because it says rifle, semi-automatic rifle. They didn't have to deal with it when it came to importing these pistols because they were braced. But now, because those braced pistols are magically SBRs and we're supposed to register them and be good boys, ah, that now means that 922R applies to all these guns. So. <clears throat> And this goes back to the whole skew thing, right? Is what they know is the most dangerous thing. And and I don't mean to talk like that, but it, it's kind of the way it is. Because if you bought a CZ score that had a brace and that, for whatever reason, has a different skew or has a different model number, then they're going to be able to search that in their doesn't exist searchable database that we talked about earlier. And they're going to say, oh, well, this guy now has a non-922R compliant rifle mm. because it doesn't fall on the manufacturer right. or the importer yeah, separate from the individual. Because it says no person shall assemble a semi-automatic rifle using more than 10 of the imported parts listed in paragraph C. So it's like, mm. then, then what do we do? You know, does some machine shop in, in Albuquerque start turning out different bolt carriers and gas pistons for CZ Scorpions. I don't even know if they're DI or if they're gas operated. It doesn't really matter for this, but like, how do we even begin to tackle that? Because that's not, that's not what we were originally talking about. We were originally talking about braced ARs. Like, like at the end of the day, that's, right. that's the most common one in use. But now sure. I bought all these cool, like I said, CZ Scorps, um, you know, mm -hmm. all these MP5 clones right. like Xenis or POFs or whatever, 
Um, yeah. Dracos. All these people that bought these were like, yes, I got this really cool gun. They yeah, might because they just know bought it because it was the, a cool gun that maybe they like to take to the range. Yeah, they don't know the exactly. Or- yeah, they, they don't know the origin of country for the for the barrel extension. If there is a barrel extension, you know, like this is my biggest issue with this is because they push this out as a brace ban. And myself, I know members of the team, and I know 347,000 other Americans spoke out against this ban in the first place two years ago. But in that first ban, they never talked about the fact that pistols that were brought into this country would now be reevaluated as rifles and therefore subject to 922 R. Well, and they talk about That's optics absolutely in that insane. Wow. In that same ordinance or rule. I guess not really ordinance, right? We're talking about a yeah. rule here. We're right. not talking about a law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, at, at the end of the day, it's not a law. continue down this path, and it, it goes back to what Midas is talking about, right? We talk about compliance. If you continue down the path, and it is a very, it's not even a, it's not even a long jump. It's a very short jump from where we are right now, what they're talking about. If you put an optic, on an imported pistol, if you look at the, I, I I got a little like, I do a lot of with like contract law and shit, so I got a little bit deep into it. Please don't get into it as deep as yeah I did oh, yeah. because it'll make you sad. Oh, that's good. But if you want to go, you know, go on, <laughs> yeah. go on ahead now. Yeah. But I got into it pretty deep, and if you. Based on what I read, again, we're not legal counsel, consult your local whatever, whatever. And also, please talk to your representative or senator. But if you put an optic on an imported pistol, based on the verbiage that is in this new rule, again, it's not a law, but it's a rule. It's going in the Federal Register, so it mm-hmm. kind of makes it a law, yep. weirdly. If you put an optic yep. on a pistol that is imported, they can kind of technically call that an SBR. So if you like to run a red dot on your Glock 17, which is an imported pistol, the ATF and E may now be able to call that an SBR. Which is crazy. Well, not only to mention baby steps, man, baby steps. Glocks and even, although he's not here to to speak out against the the horrible gun that is Glock in his mind, Yeti would like to mention <laughs> um, that Smith and Wesson M and P's, just as well as Glocks, have replaceable and removable back straps that change the thickness of the grip portion of a pistol. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like something that would change what they are calling the length of pull. So you slap a different back strap that is provided by the manufacturer and you put an RMR on top of it, we're getting dangerously close to calling that Glock 17. That's crazy, man. An SBR. Yeah. Literally yeah. insane. 
And, and, and it's also a portion rearward of the action that extends the weapon. So, so and, and here, here's the here's the issue with yeah, this bring case. It, bring it home. <laughs> for our listeners right yeah, now. We're getting very deep here. We're getting I'm gonna deep. I'm gonna tie it all together for you. <laughs> that was fun. I mean, it's it's an emotional type of conversation. Like at the end of the day, this team has provided an awful lot of service to this country and its people. And now we're being told that due to something completely just legal abstract a couple months ago and legal subjective. Yeah. Well, that's that's my point is that now it's going to be against the law resulting in, you know, a 10 year felony charge. And it's 10 like year, $250,000. Yeah. It, it's just absolutely, it's insane. And, and the fact is guys, it's, it's not about safety because if, if it was about safety, there wouldn't be so many little loopholes and shit, right? This is entirely about legal rhetoric. It's entirely about giving the authorities that be an additional opportunity to completely fuck you. That's ultimately what this is. It's because you can sit there, you can list off all kinds of traffic laws. State I grew up in, it's illegal to back out of your driveway at the end of the day, right? State I live in now, it's illegal to drive slower than the person next to you in the left lane. You have to be actively passing to be in the left lane. But guess what? Does that get reinforced? No, not really. But could it any day of the week? Yeah, it could. And if you're willing to roll the dice and gamble with 10 years of your life and $250,000, then by all means. But uh, I, and when I say gamble, I, I mean, it's just, hmm. this is when I have to tread lightly because uh, we, are, we are on a public platform here. Um, if you guys are in the military, you're familiar with the term that I like to use and was used with me frequently. Do what your rank can handle. That's my best advice for you guys. At the end of the day, be smart. Stay out of prison. Okay? That's it. <laughs> Whatever you want to do to color in between those lines, have at it. Uh, we will not hold it against you either way, but real recognize real. And uh, I hope that based on this podcast, you have a little bit better understanding of what's at, at stake. But at the same time, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already have a good feel for that. Anyhow, it's this uh, little bit of irony, right? It's, it's, uh, it's the boss yelling at all the employees for the one that's not there, right? So it, it's troubling, guys. It's really troubling. Um, it feels really bad to believe in something so much that you're willing to risk it all for it and then just see it completely turn on you due to some power-hungry, vicious fucking people implementing policy. And it's even more disheartening to see people take it hook, line, and sinker and just follow along with it. And like, yeah, yeah, this was, yeah, this is good. Those, those are bad. Yeah. And it's like, tell me, tell me the effective range of five, five, six round out of a 16 inch barrel. 
right? How many rounds are even in a fucking magazine? Can you tell me that? Which one's bigger? Five, five, six or a 30, 30? Not only that, tell me, but what's more effective? A five, five, six coming out of a 16. Exactly. One coming out of a 7.5. Yeah. We're talking about that's, that's the ironic part. Like, People that are running pistols are cucking the ballistics of that round. And I know that. The reason that I ran a pistol was for two reasons. One, I can have a loaded pistol in my truck, but I can't have a loaded rifle in my state because of anti-poaching laws. So I would have that in my truck because guess what? It's a pistol. Yep. And then two, they're dope. You can do dope stuff with them. They're tiny. You, you can yeah. move around and, and play cool guy stuff. Yeah. Not smack your barrel off your wall, and then your wife gets mad at you because you punched a hole in the drywall again with the barrel of your 16 and a half. And you, you get the it's point, a true, guys. It's a true story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And at the end of the day, guys, by the way, here's the big thing. Okay? This shit just comes out, and now you've got, what, some fucking asshole running around California, like... Two days later, Monterey Park, 72-year-old Chinese guy shooting people up with a Mac-10 at <laughs> dance studios. Wait, hold on. It was a Mac? According to Question. the devil themselves. Oh. Excuse me. That was a 200 burp. It wasn't full auto, though, right? Um, I don't know, but they did mention it had an and extended brace, large capacity I think, magazine. I think they did mention well, brace. That, that's over that. like zero rounds, so... I mean, of course they did, because yeah. it, it yeah. happened. Yeah. So, 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 but here's my thing. Uh, normally, they hire white supremacists for that sort of thing. Um, That's a tinfoil when they, they want to have people. It's also a true. Prove me wrong. But, <laughs> Prove uh, me wrong. No, yeah, that, that is interesting. And and what's what was also really funny to me is to watch Twitter. You're not, not a good. I'm twit? not a very good Twitter user. I'm definitely a tweet, but not a twit. Um, <laughs> it was interesting watching all the people, you know, crying out about, you know, white supremacists, this, that, the other thing, and then they all got real quiet when it turned out it was a guy of a different race. I was like, yeah. well, Oops. that's, I don't know, it's. This is getting way off topic from the ATF. I don't know. It's just kind of saddening to see people base their well, they're people are basing their opinions based off yeah, the race of an individual, and that's kind of sad to see. You know, they're almost rooting for it to be a white guy, so that way they can be right. And it's like, mm-hmm. wow, you're you're basing all of this off of the color of someone's skin, and that's I it's yeah, it's bad news. Disheartening to me, honestly. To, to see our country kind of devolve into now, this. I, like, oh, I appreciate the way that you, definitely you white guys, evolve. Why does because that matter? We did and have been very consistently mm-hmm. a very racist country. And I don't think anybody is going to disagree with that statement. But, but I swear to God, like about 10 years ago. Yeah, we weren't. Like, good. yeah, sure. There were plenty of outliers. There's still plenty of assholes, but it felt like to me, it was like, yeah, we, we might actually sure be able to get yeah. along. We were getting somewhere. We were getting somewhere. And that was the problem for these people, the people in power. Yeah, hey, we were getting along too well. 
fun Google uh, tinfoil hat conspiracy. Go Ooh, ahead yeah. and search uh, the amount of articles that had the word racism in them and the end of the Occupy Wall Street movement. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that we has hit, nothing to do we, with the ATF. <laughs> we, <laughs> not we hit our hour mark and now we go into tinfoil hat mode. Mm. Welcome to the Path 5 podcast, everybody. Yeah, that's right. Don't put us in a microwave. It's not going to go well. <laughs> that's right. No, but honestly, uh, and I didn't I used to did, be that man. way at all. You guys will tell you. Um, yeah, well, Bro Neal's different. Yeah, Bro Neal kind of did. but uh, Well, no, I, I took a sharp downturn in 2012. No, and, and he, I should took have, a, he took I a sharp upturn much in his you know, yeah. purchasing of you know, whippet cans. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's something I've never been into, and, and that's kind yeah, of. Yeah, I don't think you just. I, I just don't think you remember it. My brain can handle it. No, anyway, <laughs> I'm getting far removed. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a fact. I had a private um, who drove his Mustang into a tree. That's why I brought it up. I brought up the whippets due to those. I, I was hoping mine was going to chip in there. But well, how can you? How can you blame him? It's a Mustang. They kind of aim for trees. Bring it on. All right, let, let's, let's bring it bring it back. Bring it back and close it out. Come on. Da Vinci. So, you're welcome. You're, you're welcome. throwing us off the rails, brother. <laughs> so look, there's there's a lot to be said about this, right? Yeah. Is it an unjust action by a regulatory body that also has enforcement power? Yes. Is it unlawful? In my opinion, as someone who's not a lawyer and not giving legal yeah. advice. Oh, yeah, right. I believe it is unlawful. And I think the courts will side in our favor. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's it's time for many Americans, many millions perhaps of Americans to make a decision whether or not registering is right for them. I, personally, I'm willing to state what I'm doing. I'm not going to speak for the rest of the team. What I'm doing is I'm not registering, and I'm making compliant firearms. I believe that is the best way for me to move forward based on my personal risk tolerance, based on, you know, where I currently work, what I currently do, the current life that I live. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's best for me to comply, but not necessarily raise my hand and say, look, that's a good, that's a good clarification. Yeah. Yeah. For each of you, I wish you the best. This is not, this is not, everyone's answer to the problem as irish said earlier people who are more in the spotlight are going to have to comply because they've been out there they've been yeah. showing off their weapons and that's fine i that's what we do you know and and well, i was fine raised pistol because the atf said it was legal so it was till it wasn't yeah well yeah. it was until it wasn't so right now that we're here, you know, I, this is the avenue that I'm choosing. It might not be the right avenue for you. It might not even be the right avenue for me, but that's that's where I'm headed. And I hope that you all take time to think. We still have over 100 days as far as I know. Maybe we're getting close to 99 Yep. to, to make this decision and to kind of understand all of the risks that come with it. So I urge yeah. you to, you know, post haste. You know, take a, yep. take a look at what you do before you do it. Um, look at those second and third order effects that we love to talk about, because some of them may be denial and then confiscation or worse. Not yeah, saying that will happen, but it could. 
And and at the end of the day, if you're here with us, you know, as Bronio mentioned when we kicked off the episode, we're rolling into season four. Um, we've had over three thousand listens on this podcast, which is pretty cool. Uh, certainly not Joe Rogan numbers, but we greatly appreciate you guys, and and we're we're looking out for you guys because you're you're kind of like our our little extended team out there. Uh, being good ambassadors for the firearms community, for the tactical community, uh, being protectors of your community, of your family. And and we can't really ask for much more than that. So through that lens, it only makes sense to maintain capability or potential capability and and keep yourself out of jail, you know, and, and be smart. That's all. Criminals... Man, I just try to think of like all the folks I've interacted with over the years that have gone to jail. Um, very few of them, I would classify them as being intelligent. Very few. There's plenty of folks that are in prison that are very smart, but it doesn't mean that you need to join them or um, be next to them in the library <laughs> trying to figure out who's smart and who's not. Just take care of yourselves.